Hello there, Beat Check listeners. This is Shane Dixon Cavanaugh, Portland City Hall reporter for the Oregonian Oregon Live. And I am here today with a very special guest, my friend and professional colleague, Mike Rogaway. Mike is a business reporter at our paper and also just an all around outstanding human being. So why don't you say hello, Mike? (laughs) Good morning, Shane, and thank you for the kind words. It's great to see you again, as always. And why don't you tell our listeners, where are we right now having this conversation? Well, we're, we're both downtown. We're in the office, uh, fifth floor, uh, just south of the Oregonians' offices, which is just south of the waterfront Marriott. Uh, for technical reasons, we're in separate rooms, even though we're both in the newsroom. It's, a, it's, a, it's a little silly, right? <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm looking out. I'm, I'm looking east uh, out at, um, uh, I guess, the Markham Bridge and, and the Tillicum Crossing and out toward Mount Hood. Uh, you know, across across the eastern edge of downtown in the waterfront. I wish I had that kind of view right now. Unfortunately, I'm in a room that's not affording much of one at all, but that's okay. Anyway, aside, uh, we'll, we'll wrap up kind of the, the, the silly banter here, but part of the reason why I bring that up is, and the, part of the reason why I invited you to join me uh, today uh, with this conversation is because both of us want to talk a little bit about downtown Portland, which is where we are right now, where, where both of us spend quite a bit of time in and out of the newsroom, and I'm at City Hall, and you're, you're bouncing around in places. But uh, so we we chat a lot about Portland's city center, its central city, and I think both of us are pretty interested in this as an ongoing both news story, but also a story about just the overall civic health of Oregon's largest city. And so I thought this could be a fun opportunity to chat a little bit about that and just do sort of a temperature and status check with where things are right now with downtown Portland. Yes, excellent. Yeah, we, 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 this is a subject of abiding interest for us and, and I think our readers. Yeah, well, t- tell me a little bit or tell, and tell our listeners a little bit, like why do we spend so much time writing and reporting on and thinking about downtown Portland? Well, I, I think part of it for me goes back to the degree to which downtown for Portland, more than even more than most cities, I would say, downtown is part of the city's identity and, and, and part of the way it, it pictures itself. You know, we go back to the Vera Katz era and Pioneer Courthouse Square and Portland's living room. The idea is that Portland was going to have this livable, walkable uh, downtown that would be a draw for people, a place to a place to work, a place to shop, entertainment, a uh, place to eat, dine, uh, a place to really hang out. And I think probably more than most cities, it, it had achieved that uh, in the years leading up to the pandemic. Uh, it was aided by the fact that that you know there was this revival of the the tech community in, in Portland, and there was a, an influx of technology companies downtown, uh, startups and, and outposts from larger companies elsewhere, like New Relic and Amazon and eBay and Google. Uh, and all that kind of, 
you know, Portland's story is by no means unique uh, as far as what happened downtown with the pandemic, but it's it's really shaken up, I think, the city's identity. The fact that fewer people are coming downtown, the fact that office buildings are empty, rise in visible homelessness, uh, perceived rise in crime. So we, we've, for a couple of years, we've done sort of occasional series around this. In, in 2021, when we were sort of setting out to say, okay, take the temperature downtown and get a sense of where it's going, we asked our we asked people in the Portland area, we took a, a, a poll of people across the region and we asked them, is downtown port important to you? And 85% says said it was important or very important. So it matters. And and then, you know, there's there's one additional element that again, this isn't necessarily different from other cities, but it, it's important economically. Uh, investors and banks have a lot tied up in downtown real estate. And if downtown real estate isn't paying for itself, that is going to have an effect on the property owners and those who lend the money. And that may have a broader effect regionally as well as nationally. One thing that I often think about as a Portland resident and as somebody who covers this city is that while, and you've made this observation just now, a lot of the city's identity historically has been wrapped up in sort of its downtown. We're also this city that is largely defined by its neighborhoods, many of which have sort of thriving commercial corridors all throughout Portland, which in some ways de-incentivizes people from going downtown or spending time here in a way in which folks in other cities around the country might uh, you know might not, and I've yeah I've kind of wondered about that because on the one hand, as you're mentioning the public opinion survey we took a couple of years ago, where so many people are saying that eighty five or you know eighty five percent of people say that downtown's Portland or that downtown is important to Portland, yet there's also sometimes not a great reason to come down here, and I'm wondering if you've ever sort of how you've kind of balanced those two things, both in terms of your reporting about the sort of economic health of the city, but also as just a re longtime resident of here as well. Well, I think that's a great observation, Shane. And I, I, I think, you know, it's, it's definitely true that, you know, for instance, Portland's good and great restaurants are pretty well distributed throughout the city in the neighborhoods. It's not that you're, there are great restaurants downtown. But it's not like you have to come downtown to find a great place to eat or a certain type of food uh, that that might not be available elsewhere. It, it is pretty well distributed. And I think the pandemic uh, maybe made people a little more neighborhood focused as people were working from home. They could get what they need, you know, without going uh, more than 20 blocks from from where they're where they live. And that's, you know, what is it that draws people downtown if it's not work and it's not some, you know, casual everyday kind of amenity, you know, downtown still seems to be doing pretty well when it comes to festivals or sporting events, things like that. But the sort of everyday casual, Hey, I'm going to get a bite to eat or I'm going to the office or there's a particular shop I want to go to. I suspect you're right. Um, that people are finding that in their own neighborhoods. Oh, we, we do see some data around that. Uh, we wrote, oh, a month or a month and a half ago, looking at retail storefront vacancies. 
and uh, across the metro area, they pretty much stayed constant throughout the pandemic. Uh, downtown, though, uh, they they have more or less doubled since 2019 the number of vacancies. So it's a it's a real thing, and it's a good observation. Let me ask you this, just on a personal note. So we don't have a man at, at this point in time in our newsroom, we don't have sort of a mandatory return to work policy in any sort of real sense. And in, in a lot of ways now in the news business that having everybody in a newsroom isn't needed, but you were one of the folks, uh, you know, on our, in our newsroom who spends a lot of time downtown in our office. And I'm just wondering what brings you down here day after day, even if you don't have to be here? Well, I think one thing downtown has going for it is that it's very accessible. Uh, and I'm fortunate enough to live, I just live a few miles from here and I live along a, a series of, of bikeways that I can ride a bike in downtown without any particular trick. Uh, it only takes me 15 to 20 minutes uh, tops. So it's very easy for me to get down here. I, I'm also fortunate and I have a good workspace at home, but it happens to be in the basement. And uh, we're fortunate here at the office. We have a very well lit uh, office with some excellent views. And I want to take advantage of that. That said, I, I do believe, you know, even in a newsroom where we're very externally focused, we're more concerned about what's happening outside the newsroom than what's happening inside it. Uh, it is useful to be around other people and to be in a workplace with your colleagues where you can compare ideas and, and you know, come up with a, a shared sense of direction. And beyond that chain, you, you're downtown to for events at City Hall, uh, for other kinds of, of civic events all the time. Same same's true for me. Uh, there are a number, you know, okay, a lot of tech companies have moved from hybrid to maybe increasingly remote, but there are a lot of people still downtown and it's a easy, convenient place to meet up with people if, if you want to talk to a, a somebody with a business and, and get a sense of what they're up to. Certainly. I also personally just like being in the central city, walking around, just observing things. It gives me the opportunity to just sort of do a regular sort of status check. How are, how are things going? What uh, we There's a lot of quantitative data that you've had the chance to look at over the last couple of years, but there are sort of qualitative indicators as well. Uh, certainly, vibes alone should not be uh, sort of driving uh, the the overall narrative of a place, but you know that's important too. And I think it's for me to do the work that I do, writing about just how uh, how the city is functioning um, in terms of its local government as a whole. You know, spending a lot of time in the central city uh, and in downtown, even if I'm not at city hall or in our newsroom, but you get, uh, at least in, in my line of work, I get a pretty good read of what's sort of working right now and what's not working just by being out in the world a bit. That, that's a great observation. Uh, certainly during the, the pandemic, particularly during those first months when people were staying at home or, or during the wildfires in September, 2020, uh, 
you know, I, I was, of course, right in the middle of Portland, but I, I felt really disconnected from it because I wasn't getting out as often as I would like and getting a, a real sense of what was happening around day to day. You know, the, the temperature check, as you say, just seeing what people are doing, um, anecdotal things that you get from just walking around any neighborhood in Portland. Uh, you get that by getting out. That's that's an important part of reporting. Now, now remind me if if you have these numbers handy or numbers that that might exist sometime within the last few months or six months or a year. But how many, in terms of people that we're surveying or polling occasionally, uh, people in Portland or in the metro area, how many folks? are actually coming to downtown these days or when was the last time somebody was down here uh, if, if, if they've been contacted about this? Well, so we, we did, we've done a couple polls. We did one in 2021 and another one last year uh, around, uh, around how often people are, are, are coming downtown. And the one we did in, in 20, 21 suggested people weren't coming downtown very much. We were trying to get a sense of what people's perceptions were of the city. Uh, and um, people people had strong opinions about downtown, but most people said they had, hadn't been here very often. Uh, what was interesting in the poll we did last fall was that most people w- were downtown pretty frequently uh, at that point. I think uh, I'm just checking to see real quick if I have that number, but I'll I'll say it was a strong majority, three quarters or something along those lines had been downtown in the last month. Uh, You know, not necessarily for work or anything, but, but for some, some occasion. Uh, And what was interesting to me about that is people's perceptions. If you compare the poll of 2022 and the one of 2021, they were really about 16 or 17 months apart. People's perceptions of downtown got worse the more frequently they were downtown. Uh, so it wasn't just that they were, you know, hearing bad things on the news or getting or something like that. The, the more often they were here, uh, the the less pleased they were with how it was going. The employment department did have some numbers, and I'm just checking to see if I could find them. Um, uh, uh, on how many people worked downtown before the pandemic. And it's not coming up uh, right now, Uh, but it was a substantial number. It was a substantial part of the Portland area's workforce was was downtown, uh, was working downtown before the pandemic. And, And I think you and I have talked about this quite a bit over the last few months in particular, you know, there's continues to be sort of this pretty negative perception of downtown Portland. And certainly there has been a bit of reporting that I have done and some of our colleagues have done that have spotlighted or highlighted some concerning issues or trends that are going on within the central city. Yet, and at the same time, there is the the the, the picture that's emerging at least sort of anecdotally speaking, and if you actually spend time down here, is that there are, uh, in many ways, between 2021 and 2022, things have greatly improved. And there is a lot of 
really uh, encourage, I would say, encouraging things happening here as well. And I'm wondering how you sort of square those two. Well, yeah, I, I think, I mean, as somebody who's downtown, you know, almost every day, you know, the idea that Portland, downtown of Portland is abandoned or that it's this, you know, shell of itself or that there's, you know, trash, graffiti and violence everywhere. I mean, no, that's not it. Uh, there's a lot of people downtown. Uh, there's a lot of activity. And by and large, downtown's, you know, a fairly clean place. I think, as you and I have discussed before this and on other occasions, what's striking is that you can go from one block to another and go from something that seems very vibrant uh, and something that's that's really humming to a block where things are quite distressed. And I think that's unnerving to people, especially if they're not downtown day day in and day out, if they're only here occasionally. Uh, you've come across a block and you're like, boy, that's unpleasant. And uh, that's that's been, been really striking uh, for people. And I think it's discouraging for people to, to come downtown. I, uh, you know, in, in terms of the numbers, you know, we, we don't have solid numbers on just how many people are, are downtown recently, but, uh, we do know something about office vacancy and I, you know, it's something like a fifth of, of offices are, are vacant, but it's, the numbers are, are really worse than that. Collier's says that they talk about shadow space, spaces that are are leased but aren't occupied because nobody's coming in. And they say that's about 40% of downtown is that that way. And, and they think that number could rise to 50%. So half of all offices would be empty whether or not they're actually leased uh, next year. So uh, things will... Forecasters seem to think things will get worse before they get better in terms of of people coming downtown. Uh, and certainly so, that's and certainly that's not an issue that is unique to Portland. No. And yet, and yet, uh, I, I think you and I have seen sort of study after study showing that in terms of post-pandemic recovery for downtown areas of major American cities, Portland consistently, it's not just one study, right? Like multiple yeah. studies are showing that Portland is ranking at the bottom, the absolute bottom in terms of its recovery of its central city. Why is that? Well, I think one element of it is because we might have had farther to fall in a way in that we had a more vibrant downtown than many other places coming into the pandemic. And so we were more disrupted when people came in less frequently. Uh, I, I, I think that's probably the major reason. I, I think part of it may also be there are different levels of cultural tolerance for remote work in different parts of the country and in, among different industries. And the kinds of industries that Portland has maybe are especially tolerant uh, of remote or hybrid work. Uh, you know, the U.S. Bank Corp Tower, uh, Big Pink, was uh, pretty assertively switching itself from you know, uh, the professional services firms from lawyers, accountants, and things like that, 
uh, maybe before the Great Recession, to be to be more welcoming to to tech uh, after that. And there were a lot of big tech companies like New Relic that were taking up multiple floors in there. Well, that tech is particularly given to remote work now. And let me just call up the number here. Our, our colleague um, uh, Noel Crombie got got the the number. the The managers of the of Big Pink said they had three thousand people a day working in in that downtown skyscraper before the pandemic. They put the number at at six hundred now. So I, I think that's part of what's going on is, is the type of industry we have and the type of employer we have here uh, has been more tolerant of people working remotely. And why don't you talk a little bit now about sort of what's the present snapshot of downtown Portland? Yeah, well, I, I had an article uh, earlier this month uh, trying to get a sense, I, there, there was reason to believe that more people might be coming downtown in May. Uh, it's time of, of big festivals. It's Cinco de Mayo. It's the beginning of the Rose Festival. And then on top of that, uh, the city of Portland began requiring workers to spend about half their time, uh, most workers to spend about half their time on site at Amazon, which has two big offices on on Southwest Broadway, uh, began requiring workers to spend more time in the office. And in Seattle, where Amazon's based and has many times more workers than in Portland, that was a there was discernible uptick in the big uptick in the number of people coming downtown when that kicked in. So I, I tried to get a sense of whether or not that was happening here. And the numbers didn't really bear it out. Uh, I got the parking data and transit data. I was, I'd looked for, for bridge traffic coming into downtown too, but wasn't able to find that. Um, apparently neither the city nor the county keeps daily or monthly counts. Uh, but you know, among people parking on the street or in the city's smart park garages, and this, this doesn't capture everyone, but it, it may be in some ways representative. Uh, Parking has essentially flatlined uh, or plateaued. Uh, it's at about forty percent of what it was. Sorry, it's at about sixty percent of what it was. Down about forty percent from before the pandemic, and there's really been very little change the last two years, in, including May of twenty twenty three. It's it's just about where it was a year ago. Uh, not much uptick. So I wondered about TriMet and whether light rail or or buses were bringing more people downtown and. And downtown ridership in May was up 15% from a year earlier, which sounds good and promising and maybe a step in the right direction. But overall, TriMet ridership was up 19% uh, year over year, uh, May 2023 compared to May 2022. So that suggests that downtown isn't getting sort of an outsized burst of, of more activity. It's it's kind of level uh, around. So that is that doesn't say great things about uh, the op about you know, people returning to the office, having an impact downtown. Uh, and that, that sort of everyday traffic is, is really important to economists. They say, well, you want people downtown because then they're using the shops, the professional services, you know, the dry cleaners, uh, garment repair, shoe cobblers, shoe repair, things downtown. 
uh, and they're eating at restaurants and and things. And that's the sort of thing that that feeds into itself. Uh, but it, it doesn't appear it's picking up. Other indicators are are more positive, though. Uh, the weather was really good in, in May and Cinco de Mayo typically draws somewhere a wide range, depending on the weather, between 30,000 and 60,000 each year. This year it was it was 53,000. So it was very much at the high end. And the number of hotel rooms nights sold in the first four months of the year, they were up 20% for a year ago downtown. So uh, those numbers, the way we, we were reading them is after I collected them was it suggests that there's Portland has reached a new normal in terms of office work downtown. And there doesn't seem to be a lot that's, that's budging that up. But when it comes to travel or entertainment, it appears people still will come downtown. Uh, whether they're on vacation or here for work, uh, or they live here and are looking for an activity, entertainment downtown, people people are inclined to come downtown for the right occasion. So what is the long term here if we've reached a sort of new normal in uh, terms of number of people, office workers coming to the central city? Uh, does this present an existential threat to the city center or to, I, I mean, it's in, in some ways too, downtown Portland is sort of the economic hub or engine for the rest of the state. Now you don't necessarily need workers located, <laughs> concentrated in, in, in a, in a downtown core to run that economic engine statewide but at the same time, I'm just curious, you know, absent of a huge sea change in terms of people's attitudes uh, and sort of choices with with working at this point in time, what I mean, what does that mean in terms of? Yeah, it's it's an enormous challenge. And, you know, whether it's an existential threat or or, or just going to be a long term economic drag, it's a little bit hard to, to see at this point. Uh but it's it's really hard to see what will what would change. I, I'll uh, I'll say a, a couple things that people have talked about. One is that we've had a very very tight labor market since the end of the pandemic. Until very recently, there were more uh, job openings in Oregon than there were unemployed people, and so that meant in people looking for work or people you know who have jobs but might be thinking about switching. They had a lot of leverage. They could say, if you make me come into the office, I'm going to just go to, over and work for somebody who doesn't make me come into the office. So, you know, it's very convenient to do my job at home and I feel like I can be productive. So that's the way I'm going to do it. And employers had no recourse. I think it's an open question whether employers in the long run will want employees to come in because they can save on real estate costs. But let's say employers for the moment, let's say employers do want workers to come back. Well, under those circumstances, um, they didn't have a lot of leverage to make that happen. The labor market will eventually loosen and employers will have more leverage if that's what they want to do. The cost of leases will also come down. That might make it more appealing for them to lease a space downtown and that, that, that could work for the city. Uh, but another thing people have talked about, which I think is, is far less encouraging, is the idea that people might... Uh, you know, office building owners might convert office buildings into residential uh, apartments or condos. 
Uh, Portland, like many other West Coast cities, has an acute shortage of housing. Uh, that has not proved, for a variety of reasons, very promising. The city has established some incentives to, to, make, to try and encourage people to take a look at that. But it will be a slow and expensive process. Office buildings were not built. They were not wired or the plumbing isn't designed for homes or to be subdivided to, to become living spaces. And that will, doing it won't always be possible. And when it is, it will be slow and expensive. And it's not clear that people do want to live in downtown Portland in large numbers. We have, uh, shortly before the pandemic, uh, Shane, as you know, there's a, a very nice looking apartment building that opened more or less across the street from our office. And we can easily look uh, on their leasing site and see that a very large portion of those apartments have never been leased and are sitting empty right now. And so uh, I think I think it's going to be a, a strain for a long time. There will be some equilibrium at some point. Leases will come down enough that it will make sense for 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 businesses to lease them. And even if employees are just in the office periodically, but it's going to be a long process. And is the question is this if your question, as they say, is it is this an existential threat? I just don't think we know at this point. All we can say is that, you know, Portland doesn't appear to be worse off than, you know, some other cities like New York or San Francisco. And we didn't have a big office building boom heading into the pandemic. So um, it's, you know, we're, we don't have a lot of new space under lease that, or, you know, with, with loans sitting out that, that could create larger economic ripples. And, you know, our, our colleague Jeff Manning just reported, you know, the Davis Wright Tremaine is moving into the new Ritz-Carlton building. There are still certain types of businesses that are looking for space downtown. And I think one last question I'll just throw out there, and then we can sort of wrap this up. But what is fundamentally different between Portland's downtown and Seattle's downtown, because you met you just you just sort of lumped Portland together with San Francisco and New York in terms of its sort of overall health and recovery, and yet our neighbor three hours to the north uh, appears by many measures to uh, be doing a much better job with its downtown recovery. And any I, I insights you can big... share with that? I think a big part of it, and if we looked at that chain, I think we'd see uh, a change in trajectory. I think Portland and Seattle were very similar in 2020 and 2021 as far as what was happening downtown. I, I think one thing Seattle has going for it is an anchor tenant, and that anchor tenant is Amazon. Mm -hmm. And one big employer deciding to come back um, makes a big difference. Portland doesn't have that one big employer who could who can say, okay, we're going to pull the switch. We have a, a number of, you know, moderately large employers, uh, and they would all have to to arrange around that uh, for it to happen. And so I, I think that's that's one advantage that Seattle has. Uh, I'll tell you though, Portland has some other advantages. Uh, you know, one of them is geographic. If you look at you know downtown Seattle, it's on sort of the edge of the metro area. There, it's it's um, pushed up against Elliott Bay. Port downtown Portland is at the geographic center of the metro area, east, west, north, south, 
you know, all the suburbs are arrayed around downtown and all the freeway, all the major freeways and transit lines come through downtown. Uh, so there's a lot that would just, just the center of gravity will just pull people down here, uh, from, you know, over time intermittently. We do have other good things going for us too. We, we have, uh, Portland state university, uh, and we have a downtown that, well, like Seattle's is, is quite beautiful. Uh, so there are reasons to come. Uh, but you know, we, we have some headwinds that we're, we're still fighting against. Well, Mike Rogaway, this has been, I wouldn't say it's been a totally feel good conversation, <laughs> but it's certainly, uh, you know, it's certainly a topic that I think both you and I uh, take a great deal of interest in. So it's always a pleasure chatting with you about these things and uh, appreciate you spending a little bit of time um, sharing what you know with our listeners. Yeah, well, it's good talking to you, Shane. It's, it's a subject of abiding interest, as I say. <laughs> well, so folks, um, I'll drop some links to relevant stories and articles that uh, we talked a little bit about here in our show notes where you can read more about downtown Portland. With that, I'll call it a wrap. Thanks so much for listening to Beat Check with the Oregonian. If you like this show, give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps people find the show. And come on, just tell a friend. Help spread the word. The best way to support our journalism and stories like this one is with a subscription to the Oregonian Oregon Live. You can do that at OregonLive.com slash pod support. Until next time.